This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, it is NFL Combine Week, one of my favorite weeks of the year. Here at Saturday to Sunday, we will have wire-to-wire coverage a preview pod, recap pods every single night, a cumulative recap pod, stock report after all four days as well, recapping the whole thing. But we're talking six episodes covering the NFL Combine with the pre-episode, previewing it, each night a recap show, and then a cumulative stock up from the NFL Combine as well. I will be live tweeting my thoughts on just about every single prospect during the NFL Combine. I'm talking about every 40 time. If they don't run the 40, I'll make sure, you know, when they skip it in terms of their alphabetical order, I'll make sure to, to share my thoughts on the players that are not running the 40s. It'll be a quick snapshot of how they win. It'll be a draft projections, uh, wire to wire all weekend. Please, if you're following along on Twitter, reach out to me, send me questions. I love interacting uh, during the combine, during the NFL draft and the whole pre-draft process, anything, whether it's team related, whether it's prospect related, whether it's fantasy related, dynasty related, any question about these prospects, I'd love to interact with you on Twitter. So make sure you reach out to me throughout the week of the combine, during the combine, after the combine as well. Uh, Josh Norris just recently uh, put a tweet out there and I think it's very important to make sure you understand what the combine is and what the the combine isn't. And for people who tell you the combine has no value or no merit, uh, I think they're just off base. And Josh Norris' tweet was, it's NFL Combine Week, a reminder that athletic testing is an incredibly helpful tool. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And I think that is so, so spot on because you'll have people who act like the combine has no value. And then other people think that the combine is all that matters, right? Who only care about athletic testing. And the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And you have to understand, it gets jokes like the Underwear Olympics and stuff like that. But here at Saturday Sunday, we have always said this is the SAT of the NFL draft process. It's the only place where you can put somebody on the field who went to Alabama, who went to North Dakota State, who went somewhere in between those programs. And they all are asked to do the exact same thing, run the exact same drills, do the exact same athletic testing. I think it has a tremendous value in breaking ties, in, in sorting rankings, in sending you back to the film to make sure you're not double counting. Xavier Worthy is a good player and a good prospect because of speed and he's fast. So he's expected to run four three five or whatever. Don't overvalue him. He's already being pegged as a guy who should be an early round two prospect because of that speed. So you have to know what you're going into it. And let's not lose sight of the fact that the whole most important thing about the combine is things that we don't even get to see on TV. It's the medicals, number one. And number two, it's the interviews, the whiteboard stuff that they ask these players. Those are the two most important things at the combine that are behind the scenes that we have no access to. The third thing is we mostly they mostly focus on the, the 40 time, but understand it's a full athletic picture. The explosiveness, the jumps, 
the the change of direction stuff, the the shuttles and you know the pre cone and stuff like that. All of that matters. It helps us sort tiers. It helps us re rank. You shouldn't be changing your entire opinion on a player probably based on a combine testing unless it's just so out of whack. And then it should be sending you back to the film and saying, did I watch the right games? Did I watch enough games? What do I need to do? Why it's so different than what I expected. But I think the combat has tremendous value in a lot of areas. And listen, it's unfortunate that a lot of the top prospects don't choose to partake in the combine. But if you're a top prospect, it's hard to say, hard to argue why you should. You know, in the last 24 hours, we've heard that Caleb Williams is doing nothing there. Jane Daniels is doing nothing there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing nothing there. Uh, Caleb and, and Jane Daniels are waiting to their pro day. Uh, Marvin Harrison sounds like he's not going to do anything between now and the draft, probably because he knows he's locked into the first five picks. So nothing's going to help him get over those quarterbacks. Things can only hurt him. So he's doing nothing. So, But I still think a lot of people are going to take advantage of the situation. You know, we found out today that Romo Dunze, is, uh, you know, one of the top wide receivers, is going to run the 40 and test out at the, that. It's a huge opportunity for the quarterbacks. I, I haven't heard anything official about Drake May, but Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Panix plan to partake in everything at the Combine. So to me, there's a lot of value and a lot of merit just from what we get to see and the overall athletic total athletic score from these guys in terms of the, the whole picture. Uh, and then that's just the stuff that sends us back to the film, helps us re-rank guys. I think the tight end group after the top two is very jumbled. I think the Combine... You know, I think athleticism is important for a tight end to be a difference maker at the next level. So I think if you have a bunch of guys in that three to seven range, the combine could help you sort them a little bit. I think after the first four wide receivers, we have that top three, and then Brian Thomas is kind of in a tier of his own. I think five through whatever, 13, 14 are very close together. Are there some things that stand out? Does Keon Coleman run faster than we think to keep him up there in the top five, top six? Or does he run a four, five, four? And then if he's got that speed and, you know, route running concerns and, and stuff like that, well, then maybe he doesn't belong in the top 50 mix, top first round mix. You know, maybe some of these smaller, faster slot guys, we expect them to test well and the change of direction stuff and show that speed. If, if one of those guys doesn't test out as well, well, maybe they're not a vertical slot guy. Maybe they're a guy just limited to a chain moving or slot guy, which, yeah, has value at the NFL level, what maybe round three, round four value not early round two or mid round two value, you know? So there's so much aspects of it. I think that help the wide receivers and tight end position. I think the running back position. Yeah. The 40 time is a little, not as relevant as you need in terms of, but I like to see the, the overall athletic testing. I like to see the jumps. I want to see some explosiveness out of the running backs. And what I really like to do is there's a lot of running backs that don't get asked to catch the ball in terms of their pass catching ability at the, at the college game. And here, they get put to the test. So it really, it allows us. I remember watching Kenneth Walker a couple years ago and thinking to myself, Kenneth Walker, is I think it was Kenneth Walker, uh, was a guy that I really liked. And I was like, well, we don't know what he can do in, in that regard. And we see guys like that who sometimes aren't asked to be a relevant pass-catching running back in college for whatever reason. But then it's not that they can't do it, it's just they haven't been asked to do it. So I think here allows these guys to run routes. We're allowed to see them in terms of uh, how they can handle that aspect of it. Is it something, do they have natural hands? Could they be functional at it? Tight ends. No one expected Daniel Bellinger to blow up the combine a couple years ago. 
But he went from a guy that San Diego State hadn't used a lot to a very intriguing prospect. I think there's some tight ends in this group. A.J. Barner out of Michigan, other guys that that we can see. So I, I do think there's a lot of merit and a lot of value at the Combine if you know what you're looking for. I think that's really what it comes down to. Do you understand what, how to use the Combine? Do you understand what you're looking for? There shouldn't be these wholesale dramatic changes. I remember screaming from the hilltop that Jerry Judy was my favorite uh, not, not Jerry, Jerry, sorry, Calvin Ridley was my favorite wide receiver in that draft class. And he didn't have a good combine. It was not good. And people were like who loved him, all of a sudden were like, oh, he can't go round one. Everyone was bringing DJ Moore over him. And listen, they both turned out to be good pros. But I just remember there was a lot of overreaction on Calvin Ridley. Even a more recent. Think about where we were a couple years ago, myself included. Kyron Williams bomb the combine and now look at Kyron Williams right now so like yeah you got to understand it's a part of the process I think sometimes I even get caught in in terms of certain thresholds and I didn't think Kyron Williams even met that so I was really out on Kyron Williams I really liked his film and now like I think I use that as a learning experience that yeah Kyron Williams just can't test but he plays so much faster than what his, his his you know athletic testing was so yeah it, was it a concern that he ran that slow, that he tested that poorly? Yes. But at the same time, let's not completely throw all his film out the window. So that's a learning experience that I learned over the last couple of years. These wide receivers, these bigger, taller, we have a lot of bigger, taller guys in this class, more prototypical X wide receivers. What are we looking at in terms of their 40 times? Uh, you know, it's important. Can they get vertical? Can they win vertically? You know, we care about it for the DBs a lot. But we also should care about it for the wide receivers. We want wide receivers at times that can stretch a defense and can create that home run threat. And it, it changes the way defenses can play. So there's there's merit to a guy who can run a 4-4-5 instead of a 4-5-5. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it does matter on the NFL football field. And this allows us to put all these people on an even playing field and kind of evaluate the guy from the small school, the mid-school, to the, to the, the major you know programs. And, and kind of see how they all test out here. It gives people an opportunity who maybe were injured or ended up in the wrong situation, you know, whatever, were highly regarded high school prospects, but just didn't pan out, whatever. Some of those guys get invited to the combine and they show why they were a highly regarded high school prospect. And this is a second chance for some of those guys. Now, the transfer portal and the AIL has mitigated that a little bit because guys move around a lot more now and look for that second chance in college. But there's still instances where guys end up going pro and then they test out really well. And it's a little bit of now, okay, like a little bit of an X factor. You know, like a guy who that I think about this year, and I'll get to some names in, in particular, but there's some wide receivers and running backs. I think you're going to test out really well that nobody's talking about right now. And I think after the combine, we will be talking about them a little bit more. People will be more intrigued to go back to the film to watch these players because the combine will send people back to the film and we'll be surprised at some of these numbers of guys who we haven't really been talking about for the last year uh, that I just came across in my combine prep and, and, and preparation that, that I'm really intrigued with. And, and that's fun to kind of come across new prospects uh, that we're excited about. So let's do a little rapid fire by position, things that I'm looking forward to. Uh, let's start at the quarterback position. I already laid out the big names. Jane Daniels not throwing, Caleb Williams is not throwing, but I do think it's a, a big opportunity for the next tier of guys, we'll see about Drake May, but J.J. McCarthy, uh, you know, Bo Nix, 
and Michael Panix Jr. I think J.J. McCarthy has a chance to keep the hype and the, the buzz around him going. I think he has the capabilities to maybe, with Jaden Daniels not participating in anything, I think there's a real possibility that, you know, almost expected now, that J.J. McCarthy is going to be the best athletic tester there. And if he combines that with a strong throwing session, and then he shines in the meetings and the the whiteboard stuff, which all reports seem like they think he is, this can be a real big opportunity for him to cement himself as a top 10 pick, top 8 pick, with all those teams in the mix there in the top 12 who need a quarterback and might not be able to get one of the first three guys. Maybe McCarthy catapults himself over some guys. We talked about that on the J.J. McCarthy episode. We talked about that on the, the quarterback tier show. So maybe J.J. McCarthy can use this as a springboard to even push himself over Drake May or Jaden Daniels. But if not, maybe he could use it as a chance to cement himself as a top 10 guy. Bo Nix, I think right now he's considered a fringe round one, round two guy. He's got a lot of love in the community from people I respect. I like his game. I think he's a fringe round one, round two. People like Len Zerline and Matt Wallman are even way higher on him than I am. So this is an opportunity for Bo Nix to sell himself to a team. He had the Senior Bowl, but now this is the second opportunity. Maybe he comes out of there with a top 15 grade because, again, you have that teams in that mix there, right? You have Denver. You have Minnesota. Those are in that, like, 12-13 range. You, you know, maybe one of those teams, you know, fall in love with Bo Nix as a contingency plan if they can't push their way into, you know, further up to maybe get one of the other four guys ahead of it. Uh, I think Michael Panix will have a great throwing session. I think he, I think he's our talent is, is probably the best of anybody who's going to be there until we see whether or not Drake May throws. So I think he'll shine there. I think Joe Milton will have some amazing throws. Uh, I'm excited to see Spencer Rattler. I think this could be a big week for Spencer Rattler. He's kind of on the, the peripheral there after the, the big three and then the second tier of three as maybe that QB7 guy. This is a situation where Spencer Rattler's got tremendous arm talent. So if he could win over teams on the whiteboard and in the interview room and his, his uh, athletic traits shine, and I think they will in the throwing sessions, I think he's got enough mobility to not test poorly in any of the other stuff. I think this could be a big week for him. So those are the things I'm kind of looking at in the quarterback situation. I kind of expect Drake May not to throw. But maybe there's enough like questions lately that he says, you know what, I'm going to go out there. Daniels is not doing anything. Caleb Williams is not doing anything. I can go out there and be the best quarterback there and show off my arm talent and my athleticism. And maybe I'm the guy they're talking, teams are talking about as they leave here. I don't know. So I think Drake May is an interesting one. I, I don't have a read on whether or not I think he'll partake in the combine. At the running back position, the supposed number one running back, Jonathan Brooks, is obviously going to be there. But coming off of that torn ACL, Obviously not going to partake in anything, but the reports today were that he should be ready for training camp. So I think that's positive news. I think that pushes him squarely in the mix to be the first or second running back taken. I still kind of expect it to be round three. I think there's a good possibility no running backs are taken in the first 64 picks or so, and we get to round three before we see a running back run a little bit and have a couple come off the board. But after that, like guys who I think at least have the possibility to go on day two at the running back position. And this is just in alphabetical order, not counting Jonathan Brooks, who I just talked about. Other guys I think are in the mix to maybe go on day two. Braylon Allen, I, I think he's a round three, round four guy. Uh, Trey Benson, I think, could be a, a round three guy. Blake Horm, I think, is a, is a round three guy. Uh, Ray Davis, I, I have more of a round four, but I think he could be on that cusp of round three, round four. Bucky Irvin, same thing, round three, round four. Marshawn Lloyd, round three, round four. Uh, 
other guys, Audrey uh, Esteme out of Notre Dame. I have him as a day two grade. Uh, and a couple other guys, Will Shipley, early day three. We haven't heard much buzz around him. But Jalen Wright, I think, is the guy. He didn't end up playing at the Senior Bowl. I think Jalen Wright could be the biggest winner here. I think he could see his stock catapult to maybe be one of the top three running backs in this class. I think they're so close together that the combine could have a little value at the running back position to kind of try to help sort these guys out a little bit. How do they look running the receiver drills, the, the pass catching stuff? How did, how did it, What's their explosiveness look like? What's their long speed look like? It's just a part of the puzzle. I think there, there's so little disparity in, in the film evals on guys like Benson and Corum and Esteme and Lloyd and Jalen Wright that I, I, I think this week could help sort that a little bit. If you have similar grades on these guys, well, you're probably going to take the guy who maybe has the best athleticism or the best receiving upside. So, so I think there's a lot there. And then the two names who I mentioned I think are going to generate some buzz down here. One is uh, Tyrone Tracy out of Purdue. Uh, he's a guy who I expect to test very well. Uh, I just started watching him recently, and I came away impressed with him. So I think he's going to be a guy people are talking about down there. And then the other guy uh, out of Louisville is Isaac Agarendo. He's another guy I expect to test very well. Now, these are day three running backs. These are these are like round five, round six type players. Maybe somebody can sink into round four. But I think these guys are going to test out very well. Right now, they're not really on a lot of people's radars. You're not seeing much conversation on draft Twitter about Garendo or uh, or about Tracy. So I think these are two guys that could use this as a little bit of a springboard in the pre-draft process. I expect them to both run very fast uh, and use this as an opportunity to kind of help their their draft status a little bit. Braylon Allen, we expect him to run fast in a straight line, but but what does he look like? Does he does he not do anything in the change of direction stuff? Does does he look like he's out of place in the receiving drills? You know, we want to see a guy who's at least at his size and frame, at least has athleticism. Like, I knew A.J. Dillon was going to run fast. If Braylon Allen runs like A.J. Dillon, I think it cements himself as a round three guy at his size and frame. But if he doesn't, well, I think then there's question marks. Because then what exactly is he? If he's just a big physical guy and he's not a guy who could at least show that at level of athleticism, he's not a change of direction, make you miss kind of guy. He's not a receiving type of guy. So I think you want to see that he has a certain aspect to his game. Same thing with Audrey Esteme. I think he's a guy that's a tough physical guy, but he shows some bursts. He shows some acceleration to get to the outside, to make a big play. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of see how he tests out overall. And then Blake Corum, obviously much smaller frame, He's got to test out okay. I don't think he's going to test out as a good athlete or a great athlete, but he's got to be an average to above average athlete. We know he's going to be very good in the change of direction stuff, but we, we want to see we want to see him not test out as a poor athlete. He's quicker than fast, I think, but I think this is a week for him just to kind of check some boxes, and then he continues to be in that mix there in the top three, top five of this position. But I really think every team is going to have these running back board from from like, you know, one to six. It could be very jumbled in terms of what you're looking for, inside runner, outside runner, three down back, specialized role, power back, zone runner, you know, gap runner. What are you looking for? Teams are going to have these running back ranks, I think, widely different. And I think draft evaluators are going to have them widely different as well. Uh, Let's take this to the wide receiver section as well. The wide receiver section talked about Malik Neighbors not doing anything, talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. not doing anything, 
So I think it, it moves to Romo Dunze. All eyes will be on Romo Dunze. Uh, but I think there's a lot of guys here that this is a very big week for. Now let's go alphabetically some names that stand out. Keon Coleman out of Florida State. We know he can make the stuff at the catch point. He's amazing at the catch point. I've comped him in that regard to a guy like T. Higgins. But where does he test? Is he a 4-5-5? Is he a 4-5-6? Or is he a guy who can get 4-4-8? If he runs 4-4-8 with the athletic acrobatic catch, I think you're talking about a guy who goes in the top 30, top 40 picks. I think it's big for him. Malachi Corley. We know he has that Debo Samuel type build. We know he's great play strength, a menace after the catch, picking up yards after contact, stuff like that. But what is his overall testing time? Is he is he fast enough that at that body type, people want to see game-breaking speed? People want to see explosiveness. Mm-hmm. What does Corley test that? Uh, I think a sleeper, Anthony Gould out of Oregon State. I think he's going to he's gonna run really fast with the combine. He's not being talked a lot about now. I talked about the two running backs that I, that I think I'm intrigued with. Anthony Gould is another guy at the wide receiver position that I'm really fascinated with. He could use this as a little bit of a springboard uh, to improve his draft stock. Uh a late-round guy, uh, Lottetrick Griffin out of Mississippi State. I do think he's going to run really fast. Expected him to have a really good athletic showing there as a guy who's going to be in that round five to round seven range. Uh, Xavier Leggett, I think it's a big week for Xavier Leggett because he's a guy who started out the, the senior bowl slow, had a good second day before getting injured. But people, monster production this past year, but people want to see how he is testing-wise. I think he's got to test out as a good athlete, to maintain that draft status as a, as a guy mid to late round two, that's probably his sweet spot right now. So I, I'm interested to see how Leggett looks. Uh, Lad McConkey, I think he's going to look really good in the um, the gauntlet drill, all the drills. I think he's going to be great in the change of direction stuff. What's his forty? I think he's going to. I think he's going to be four four. If he's four four, great change of directions, great route runner. I think you're talking about a guy who's in the top fifty picks. Uh, A.D. Mitchell out of Texas. Where's his speed at? Because there's refinement there, right? There's refinement there. He's a great at the catch point. Tough, physical, extend, extending from his frame to make a tough catch. Uh, but what, if he's going to be that outside X wide receiver, I think he needs a little bit to show a little bit more speed-wise. Not sure he's there with speed-wise, but I think A.D. Mitchell's 40 time could be the difference between whether or not he's a late round one pick or a mid you know, round two pick or somewhere in between there. So I think it's a big week for him. I expect Ricky Purcell, similar to Ladd McConkey, to test really well in the change of direction stuff. Be interested to see what his overall 40 time is. Uh, but I expect him to look really good in, in all the drills on the field as well. Uh, big week for Jalen Polk out of Washington. We know he's great at the catch point. He's tough. He's physical. He can go up and get it. Great body control, all that stuff. But where does he look testing-wise? Because I think he's more of an outside Z type wide receiver. Uh, that can make acrobatic catches, but is he a guy who's in that low four fives? If so, great. Check that box and go. Is he closer to four six? Well, then we start to have some concerns, I think, about questions about, you know, what exactly he is at the next level, things like that. Uh, some other guys, Aeneas Smith, one of my favorite day three wide receivers. I think he's got some of the best movement skills in the entire class. Some of his movement skills remind me very much of Gadaris Tony's movement skills. I think he's an offensive weapon that can impact the game as a receiver. Uh, runner or returner, versatile chess piece. I think teams are going to be really intrigued by the versatility he brings. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr., if he does everything, no word on that yet, but if he does everything, he's going to blow up the combine. I think he'll cement his status as a top half of round one guy. So I think we got three guys going top 10. I think Brian Thomas is the one other guy who can go somewhere in the teens, anywhere from like 14 to like 20. I think he's the sweet spot for Brian Thomas. And then I think after that, you're talking about 
Devontae Walker needs a big week here because he he's got some concerns about drops. He's got some concern about route refinement. But people were really intrigued by Devontae Walker. But now with so many other senior wide receivers kind of emerging in the process here, where does that leave Devontae Walker? Like, you know, he, not that long ago, some people were saying late round one. I think more now, it's more like mid to late round two, best case scenario. But he's got to, he's got to run fast. He's got to be a four four five four four six guy and then be, you know, good size, good frame, tall, explosive, good at the catch point to make up for some of those other questions in terms of his hands, in terms of his route refinement. So I think it's a big week for Devontae Walker, especially after a very suspect senior bowl. I expect Malik Washington and Taj Washington out of Virginia and USC to look really good down there. I think they're generating a lot of buzz. You're going to start seeing those guys move up wide receiver ranks a little bit. I think both of those guys could be guys that are off the board early on day three. Uh, Roman Wilson, I expect him another guy to just smash the change of direction stuff. I think he's going to run a fast 40 time. I think he's going to continue to build on that momentum from the senior bowl and have a really impressive week. Talked about Xavier Worthy before. He needs to run fast. That's his calling card. If he doesn't run fast, that's a big red flag to me because he doesn't have a great catch radius. He doesn't have great size. He's not a contested catch guy. He's there. His calling card is his speed, is his explosiveness. We need to see it. I think he's got to be 435. 4-3-5 or under, I think, is what Xavier Worthy needs to maintain his status as a top 40, top 45 player in this draft class. And then if we spin this over to the tight ends, obviously on the on the individual recap shows, I, I will talk about offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I, I am now caught up and I'm catching up on all these positions to, to be prepared to talk about these guys on the, the, the recap pods, on Twitter, uh, for the draft projections notebook. But we'll, we'll, we'll really my focus right now for this preview pod is really on the tight ends. I don't expect Brock Bowers to do much, doesn't need to, but... We know he's tight end one. Jatavian Sanders, I'm pretty JT Sanders, whatever you want to call him. I think he's locked in for round two. I expect him to test really well if he goes through with anything. But then after that, it's really up for grabs. Three through seven, three through eight can go so many different ways. Guys that I'm looking forward to watching at the combine. I think Dio Johnson, I talked about him a lot on the Senior Bowl recap show. Uh, I think he's a wild card. He could be the third tight end in this class. I think it's him or Cade Stover is where I projected right now. Cade Stover's been a little out of sight, out of mind. I think if Kate Sober tests out as a good athlete, an average to above average athlete, I think with his complete inline ability, I think he's going to be a guy who will be right there in the mix as around three type tight end. I don't expect, I expect Bowers in one, Sanders in two, and then everything else in that round three through five range is the next sweet spot. Uh, but I think, I think Stover and Theo Johnson are probably tight end three, tight end four right now. Ken Theo Johnson, who I think is more athletic than people realize, this could be a big week for Theo Johnson to kind of emerge as tight end three or tight end four in this class if people don't have him up there. Uh, I think it's a big week for A.J. Barner. Not a lot of production in Michigan, but athletic. How athletic does he test? How does he look in the receiving drills? Eric All, formerly of Michigan, now of Iowa. I think he's a guy who could be on that round three, round four border. We saw Luke Shoemaker and Brendan Strange move up last year into round two. I think Eric All could be a round three guy, if not early day three. Jaheim Bell, based on his, you know, what's what position is he going to be? I think that'll push him to day three, but I would use him like a Chigokonkwa. I'd use him as a little move tight end, a little running back, a little gadget player. Uh, but I like Jaheim Bell. He's an interesting offensive weapon somewhere there on day three, different style package, and a guy like Aeneas Smith, who I talked about before. Uh, 
Tanner, McLaugh- uh, Tanner McLaughlin out of Arizona. He's a former basketball background. I think he's going to test out really well. He could be a riser that could push himself into that late round, three, round four mix. Uh, Tip Ryman out of Illinois. I expect him to look pretty well down there. For 275 pounds, he's got some athleticism to him, so he could be another guy that emerges from this in that round four mix of intrigue. I like Ben Sinnott a lot, but it sounds like the, the Twitter community is a little further down, or the NFL, I should say, is a little further down on him. But I think he's an athletic, pass-catching tight end with a lot of production. I think teams look for that production from college, and I like his athletic package. I think he's an early day free guy, so it'll be interesting to see, does he check off that athletic box and really look impressive there? Uh, and then Jared Wiley, I think, is a guy not being talked about enough. I think he could be in the mix to be tight end three, tight end four, tight end five. I really think that tight end three to tight end five, you're talking about guys in the mix of Cade Stover, uh, you know, Theo Johnson, Jared Wiley. I think those are the guys that are probably in the mix there, you know, with, with guys like Tanner McLaughlin, Dallin Holger uh, out of Colorado State, uh, A.J. Barner and Eric All, like, the way this shakes out, I think the combine could really help sort the tight ends a little bit. I didn't do the tight end tier show yet, but right now my tier one would be Brock Bowers. My tight end, my tier two would be JT Sanders, and then I would have this massive tier probably for tier three because I do think there could be six, seven, eight names in that tier three that are very bunched together, different profiles, different sizes, different frames, but very close together. I think this is where the combine is super important to help kind of sort amongst that tier and help some rankings within that tier so there it is guys combine preview of all the offensive skill players again on the recap shows each night i will talk about not just the offensive skill players night one of the nfl day one or night one of the nfl combine is the is the defensive lineman which is the dts the edge and the linebackers i'll have a recap show that night uh night two is the defensive backs and the tight ends I'll talk about both positions, probably skew a little bit more towards tight ends, a little bit more wheelhouse, but we'll talk defensive backs as well. Day three is the is the fantasy dream day. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, all in the same day. Have a pod about that. And then uh, day four, the, the big guys, the offensive linemen, uh, the hog mollies, as Dave Gettleman would call them, go on the last day. And I'll probably have a short recap pod talking about things that stood out from the final day of the combine and then probably next week maybe try a little bit more of a overall stock report uh because sometimes when we do those recap pods uh we haven't even gotten all the athletic testing sometimes they're very slow to give us the change of direction stuff and the complete athletic package so i think it's important to do a kind of a, a, a more thorough recap show after the fact because some more information might come out that that we don't have access to when we record thursday night friday night saturday night sunday night uh, so it's important that we do another show or at least bring on another guest when we talk about some of the, the main guys uh, th- that that stood out. Uh, again, if you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website. S to S Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Uh, check out our premium content tab. Uh, for $9.99, you get access to all our premium notebooks. Uh, the scouting notebook, which has almost 100 detailed player profiles, more still to be added, more to be updated. Right now, my focus is I'm fully preparing for the combine. Then I will go back, finalize the scouting notebook, fine-tune that. Uh, You get the rankings notebook, all our different rankings, all our tiers, and then you get the draft projections notebook in April as well. When you're you're on uh, Twitter this weekend, please make sure you're following uh, Kent Lee Platt. Uh, He's at MathBomb. He is one of the best Twitter followers around the combine or any of the testing times. Uh, what he puts out there as RAS score is fantastic. You'll see me tweeting that out a lot. 
Uh, I know last year I tried to lock him in for, for a podcast appearance. It just didn't work out on my end schedule-wise. But I'm going to try to reach out to him and see if we can maybe get him on this year uh, because his work is fantastic. Uh, putting a complete picture on these guys and a complete profile on their athletic testing at the combine. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.